We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to, the, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Sunday night slash Monday morning version. We are sponsored by WinBet. We appreciate uh, them for that. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet. I'm Scott Jensen, joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. We are live on uh, YouTube, Facebook Live, uh, Periscope, all that kind of stuff. We're also uh, taping, so if you listen to us on audio, we'll be there too. Uh, we appreciate that. If you could please rate or read the podcast, that, that does help us a lot also. Jeff, it's uh, another Sunday night in baseball. I feel like the season's kind of uh, – we're kind of snowballing towards the end here. It's weird. we got a couple months left, and it feels like uh, we got a trade deadline coming up. we got some teams that are maybe uh, maybe going from holders to sellers, maybe uh, the Mariners going from holders to buyers. It's uh, I feel like we're in the home stretch here. Yeah, we, yeah, really. And it's – you know, you, you tweeted about the, the A's horrific series, RAs, yep. horrific series against the Mariners. You know, the thing about the Mariners is I kind of was talking them up about them being a, you know, dark horse in the AL West beginning of the year. But it was because I was thinking like, okay, Jared Kelnick's going to be a guy that's going to really yep. kind of key this turnaround. And they're going to go with a bunch of other young guys too. Now, Logan Gilbert has actually lived up to it. He's been very good lately. Yep. Mitch Hanniger. I mean, everyone was talking Ooh. about him. Is it someone they're going to talk about a, a guy that should be traded away? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be on the market anymore. It's weird. He started out so hot that he kind of hit this like swoon. It was like, all right, well, maybe we're back. Uh, you know, it's not really good. And he just got red hot again. He's been really good. Killed the A's all weekend. Yeah. I mean, how could you, I mean, how could you not want to make a run if you're the Mariners you've had? It's the thing is, even if they don't have a really realistic chance of catching the Astros, which they probably don't, uh, they do are, they are trying to build a winning culture. They're yep. eight games over 500 right now. That's better than the Yankees. It's and better than the Blue Jays. They're a game and a half out of the wild card. I mean, I know we all say it's a yep. one-game playoff, but you know, on the other flip side, it's a one-game playoff, so anybody can win it. I know that anybody can lose it, but on the flip side, that anybody can win it too. And I don't know if I'm a Mariners fan, I I like the fact that they want to go for it. I mean, uh, you and I have talked like 2022 is uh, a huge question mark in Major League Baseball. I think that if I have a chance to right. go for it, I'm I'm going to go for it right now. On the flip side, if I'm rebuilding, I'm really rebuilding right now. I'm worried. Right. I'm I'm rebuilding for like you know mid 2022, maybe start of 2023. With the thought that 
Um, I, you know, I think maybe you kind of take a risk on that and see what happens next year. But it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think it's gonna be a fun deadline. I think there's a lot of teams. Like the Nationals got swept by the Orioles this weekend. All of a sudden, you know, they're probably sellers. There's some rumors out there that you know Max Scherzer might be on the move. I think it's gonna be. Uh, I, I always say I think it's gonna be an interesting trade deadline, but I actually think this one's gonna be, and I hope it is because I, I like trade deadlines that have a lot of moves. Same, same. We all. I mean, let's face it. If you write in the fantasy baseball world. Uh, you want chaos. You want yeah. things to write about. And if you want players to add and build on, yeah, you want that too. Uh, and you definitely want to see new opportunities arise. The other thing too is, you know, with every setback that Steven Strasburg has, you know that, uh, you know, he, he's that's just one less guy that can help the Nats right now. You know, I, I'm kind of. It's so funny. I was talking earlier about Strasburg being a trade candidate. You know, and then oh no, they're 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 good again. Oops, maybe not. Uh, and you know, I, I look at them now and like, yeah, they're they're a long, long way away from uh, contending now. Uh, you know, they're in the right division. Yeah, you know, they they're helped by the fact that the Mets are just eight games over 500 leading that division, but they're eight games below 500 right now. Yeah. It's a long way home. It is, I think. And I mean, Strasburg had, like you mentioned, another setback with the neck. I think it was yesterday. And just like every other time he kind of throws, he starts to feel it. I just, I mean, even if he ramps it back up, we're looking at maybe three or four starts on the stretch. Uh, I know that uh, Vlad Sether was talking about on, on Twitter. I think he's, I think I agree with him. I think in a 12 teamer, uh, I think I'm cutting bait right now in Strasburg. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think we're going to get enough innings down the stretch to be worthy of holding him right now in a, you know, in, a, in like a seven man NFBC type bench, a 12 teamer. I just don't think I can do it anymore. I agree. I agree. Um, if I had Strasburg anywhere, I'd cut him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I'm looking at the, um, and, and it's funny, I'm looking at schedules. You know, you mentioned the Mariners, so I was kind of curious to see who they're playing. They got a huge series coming up against the Astros this week. Yep. Um, that, that's big for your, our A's, too, uh, because that can dictate things. They're, they're, they're also chasing the Rays for a wild card spot. They get a head to head with them in Tampa at the beginning of August. That's pretty big. Trying to look this, and then they have a two gamer against the A's later in August. They've got some pretty significant head to heads coming up here, and any one of those. And then, of course, in September, there's a big four game uh, series in Oakland, and they finish the series in with the A's too. Yep. So, and if you're lots if you're, of if opportunities, you're, if you're trailing, you want as many head to heads as you can get. I mean, you gain you gain full games uh, pretty quickly yep. when you can play head to heads, and I mean they. They lost that first game against the A's, and then they won three straight. I think they're twenty three and eight in one run games now, which is pretty wild. Their their run differential is like minus fifty or something like that, and they're they're over five hundred. It's uh, they're they've been a fun team, and if uh, if Kelnick can get going, uh, if Logan Gilbert keeps pitching well, you know they're they're a fun young team, and it's uh, they're, yeah. they're playing hard. I mean, there was a at the end of the game, JP Crawford caught a pop up, and you can like he actually like yelled and pumped his fist. You could tell that they they really wanted the last three games of that series because that was probably their season. If they if they lose three out of four to the A's and they're whatever that is, uh, you know, three and a half, four and a half out, like suddenly maybe they're not buying the deadline, but one and a half out is a big difference than four and a half. Massive. Yeah. Just a massive difference. And I, I, I keep going back to this. I mean, it, it's learning how to win and playing under the pressure of a playoff race. This is a huge opportunity. If you're Even if you're building for the future, they've got enough young guys on that team that this is all, you know, it's Crawford, it's – you know, even Hanniger for that, for that matter, has never been in a playoff race, you know, never, never, you know, real one there. And so this is, this is big for them. Uh, you contrast that with the NL and it's pretty much cut and dried. There's going to be three NL West teams making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, My, every every game, game out. Yeah. 
every game the Giants win, it's like more and more likely there's gonna be three teams out of the West. Like I think the the Giants are gonna tank thing is pretty much gone. They're just, I mean, yeah. I hate to say, it, but they're just a really good team right now, and there's just no way around that. I mean, I know Kevin Gossman struggled this week, but I maybe I'd give him a pass this week after all he was dealing with at home and kind of missing and kind of off his routine. But um, they just keep coming. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what uh, what Farhan's doing there. He's fine. I think they have eight guys with t- with double digit home runs already, which is a pretty wild stat considering it's the Giants. You don't really think of power hitters, but they just got a lot of guys who hit. Yeah, I thought they might be the team that goes and gets Adam Frazier instead it was the Padres, and I know we're going to cover that later. But, you know, the Giants, they have some clear pathways to trying to improve. I mean, I I was arguing on Twitter that they should be the team going after Josh Donaldson. They can afford the contract, you know, whatever about the contract. You know, people. I I, I had a little bit of debate about uh, whether, you know, because I think Evan Longoria's uh, contract was brought up. And I'm like, you know what? That contract is sunk. You know, that cost is sunk. Uh, it, I guess it's not going away. How much, you, how much you buy into how good Longoria was the first couple of months too. I, mean, I don't know if they are, if they think yeah. like that was uh, he, he had turned it around or if they, he's 2020 and 2019 have a Longoria. And then I think you do right. something for sure. But uh, I don't know. I mean, there's no reason I, who knows when Brandon belts coming back, you know, one of those guys, right. uh, Longoria can play first when he comes back. I mean, I think that we've learned, uh, we've learned from the Dodgers and the Padres depth is really important. And we're, we're seeing it right now with the Dodgers. They are, they've, they've gone through their depth. I mean, their lineup right now is brutal with, with Betts and Bellinger, Bellinger, Bellinger's out this weekend. Betts went on the IL, but I mean, they're starting Billy McKinney. They're starting uh, Matt Beatty and uh, Luke Rayleigh. I mean, it's, it's wild to see the Dodgers starting guys like that. They called up Josiah Gray. We'll talk about him in a bit. Um, yeah. What do you think of the Padres at and Frazier? I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a weird fit in terms of like fantasy wise, because I, you know, Cronenworth plays second base, but I think that uh, I was talking with Rob Silver and he's like, yeah, you look at it. I mean, Profar has 300 plate appearances and Kim has 200. So it's not like, you know, there, there aren't at bats there that they could fill in with, with good guys. I don't think Cronenworth's going to be a problem. He hits three every game. I don't think they're going to suddenly go from him hitting third to him not playing every day. I think you probably see Will Myers lose some at bats. I think you see Eric Hosmer lose some at bats at first base too. Yeah, I think we're past the point of worrying about Jake Cronenworth. I think it hurts. I think it hurts Frazier for sure. Uh, you know, and the thing is, you know, so what? He fits in. And he's a mix and match guy. You know, as we've seen, depth. They find teams find ways to get the depth depth guys going. Yeah, Hassan Kim has made some great defensive plays, but he hasn't hit. Uh, you know, he's come around a little bit more recently. Jerks and Profar has hit a little bit better recently. Uh, you know that that yeah, that's. That's a possibility, but you know I'm, I'm not really that worried about that so much for with Colonel. With maybe he gets either. one day off here and there. Yeah, I, and, and he was kind of doing that anyway. I just think that there's no way you're going a guy from hitting third to suddenly oh we have Adam Frazier we're going to sit Colonel. I mean I just don't think it's going to happen. I think that there's a possibility Will Myers gets traded. I think the, I think Hosmer we're going to lose him at bat. So I think Colonel is going to going to move over to first. Uh, Hosmer has not been good. It's just uh, I know he plays good to defense, but offensively he has not been he's not been helping them. No, uh, he, he's back to being a ground ball wizard again. And so you look at uh, Hosmer this year, 265, 320, 380 slugging. I mean, it's that's, it's, that's the number right there. Yep. Uh, that, that's not helping. Although Adam Frazier doesn't strike me as a panacea for that. No, but he's hitting what his OBP has got to be 370s, 380s, maybe. Yeah, it's 392 OBP, oh, 453 yeah. slug. Uh, but he's hitting 327, so that's yeah. a big part of that OBP too. For sure, and I think uh, that's that's what you're going to get. And I just it's it's I think they'll mix and match, but you know, Fam sits uh, every once in a while, Myers sits every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I think they'll, they'll figure it out, and someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to go on the aisle at some point. It'll fix itself. And we've seen, you know, we we uh, we hem and hawed in in March about the Dodgers rotation. Oh, how do we play these guys? They're going to you know they're going to be in the bullpen, and you know all those guys have had a chance. Anybody that's been healthy has been able to get a chance there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Abel in Vegas asked about, uh, 
you know, the Dodgers and what they might do, specifically about Max Scherzer. Uh, and would they trade? Would they be willing to trade away Ebert Ruiz? If it's Max Scherzer, sure. Yeah. I, I would think they would be willing to do so. Um, yeah, and that, yeah, it, clearly there's a need. I, I think I, I read something today that says the Dodgers don't want Trevor Bauer back under any circumstance. Not surprising. Uh, at least the players are that way. You know, front office might feel differently, uh, but a good, good vast number of the players never were really behind him to begin with there. So less said about that, the better probably. But point is, I don't think he's coming back. I don't think Kershaw's coming back anytime soon. I know he's doing some throwing now, but I, they want to take their time with him and they need, they need help. Um, the other thing is they might instead try to build, buffer that bullpen. Uh, I mean, we saw Kenley's wild ride this week, a little unlucky in some of that. Yeah. Uh, he looked, he looked really good last night too, throwing hard. Yep. Everything he threw is in the right spot. I think that the wildness has been the concern. I think the concern is that he's trying to ramp up that velocity he lost last year. And in, in doing so, he's lost a little of his command, which used to be elite. But I mean, mm-hmm. I watched his, his ninth inning last night. He looked really good and maybe they just have to figure out a way to use him. And the back to back maybe doesn't work. I don't know what they do, but I mean, there's times where he looks so good. and There's times he looks totally fried. It's really been a strange season watching Kenley. Completely. Uh, the ball that Trevor story hit though last night, yeah. I think in another time of day, maybe another ballpark, that yeah. might be trouble. Um, but and you you could tell by the look on his face, and he's been robbed of a lot of homers this year. Uh, I saw like expected homers. He's really getting hurt this year. Uh, something to keep in mind when you're trying to think about uh, placing a value on him for next season is that he was a, li- a lot unlucky, as, mu- as unlucky as anybody in baseball has been in terms of home runs. It's funny because I was looking at the I was looking at the first round earlier today, and I just it's amazing how many guys in the first round yeah. are just doing nothing. I mean, and some of that's injury. Acuna's an injury. Trout's an injury. Uh, Mookie Betts is on the aisle now, but had not been typical Mookie Betts. Soto was quiet in the first half; is heated up. Um, Tatis was on the DL, but he's been he's been awesome since. But you just look at it. I mean, Shane Burb, Shane Bieber's been hurt all year. Giolito's not been what we want. Trevor Bauer was a first round pick, and we know how that's gone. Trevor Story has, I think, eleven home runs. He's hit two forty in Coors Field, which is truly amazing. And then yeah. we don't even hit on Christian Yelich, who has been who's been playing all year except for the one IL stint. But he's hitting two forty with, I think, he has six home runs and seven stolen bases. Like he's been awful. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, that, that back half of the first round. It was like I guess if you got Jose Ramirez or you Darvish, you've been all right. Freddie Freeman was like early second round. Dar- Darvish, Darvish, bad, is, yeah. Darvish wasn't yeah. good today. He yeah. ever since he's another guy that has been since the crackdown on grip enhancement. Yeah. He's been caught in the wash a little bit too. And I don't know if he's it's a direct thing or if it's just you know it's coincidental. But fact is, I don't feel as great about his starts lately. He well, he also had an IL trip with the hip issue too. So and, I, I mean, the funny thing with Darvish is he went from like he was had that stretch where he just couldn't find the strike zone. All of a sudden, like halfway through that that twenty, I think it was twenty nineteen, he found his command fully. And who knows, you know what was going on there? But the back half of that that first round has been just full of landmines. It's been tough. And then Story's been healthy. I think he went on the aisle once, but I mean, Story Story and Yelich have been healthy for a, a chunk of the year. I don't think Yelich is fully healthy anyway. But I don't think so either. I mean, those guys are. I mean, those guys are not. Those are producing like fifth, sixth outfielders, or you know, your middle is not even. It's not even that good. It's just. It's wild that guys that and those are guys that like they're in the first round. We're going to be safe. It's going to be fine. And they've been terrible. Yeah, they have. They have. So, what is our bet on the Yelich? What were, I know is batting average and K percentage. I know. Well, I, I have to think that you are just destroying me in both. 
Yeah, I, too bad I didn't bet over under on home runs because that really would have been just done. But and I, I, I kind of thought the batting average number was really low too. I think we've been at like two seventy or something like that, and I was going to take yeah. that easily. He's hitting two forty. I think the K percentage was twenty six percent. You're he's at twenty seven point three, so you're winning that one too. Um, That's close. Yeah, I thought both of those bets were easy wins three months ago. I just I, I thought those numbers were he was going to clear those easily, and he's been he's just been bad. I think he's banged up, but. I mean, he was bad last year too, Jeff. I mean, he hit 205 last year. We're going to have to dig up the archives on that there because I thought I actually got a better number on the K percentage. But oh, you may, uh, you may, you very, either way, you're winning it, but you may have a better number. Yeah. Yeah. But just, and my, my whole thing was he had a, you know, really long stretch of 20%, 20%, 20% K rate, 30 last year. Yep. That just, you know, that, that, that indicates to me something was really, really wrong. Players just don't do that. And he's not, he's not, he's much closer to that number than he is his normal career norms. And that's, uh, you know, I thought he would, uh, I thought it was a short season, weird thing. And he'd be back. And he's hitting the ball hard. He's a 48% hard hit guy, but striking out a ton. I just, uh, I mean, seven steals and six home runs, I maybe mean, six home runs. You look at, I, you can look at Shohei Otani's got 35. You look at all these guys that have, you know, 15 to 25 in there. I mean, right. six, in the fir- six in the first round pretty much makes it that you're, you're hurting an offense. If that's your first round. Yeah, I, that's the thing. At least you get the trade off with other guys. I mean, you just you're just not getting that. And at, least, you at, just, least Story, at least Story has 17 stolen bases, which just kind of lifted his value a little bit. But still, hitting 240 at that spot, I mean, it just kills you. Pick 75, Yelich is still available. Over under pick 75 on Yelich next year. Main event drafts next year. I will take the under on 75. No, but you personally. Oh man, there's there's some deep scars, Jeff. Some deep uh, scars. I don't I think it has to go later. I don't think I could go that early. Yeah, I think that's probably about the spot where I would be like, you know, maybe he owes me or something like something stupid like that. But uh, it depends like what we hear in the offseason, too. If he's like, oh, you know, my back was just never right. But if that's the case, like, I don't know if I want to touch that anyway. You know, if it's like a, yeah. an excuse for why he wasn't good. But it's a, if it's a back, um, that's lingering. Yeah, I, I'm probably just going to go elsewhere. I just I'm, I'm pretty scarred by the last two seasons. Yeah, I, I really am. I know there was... Go on ahead. that note, him or Bellinger first. Oh god, <laughs> it's a big it's pool, brutal. and I'll be ta- I, you know I'll be taking neither probably, but probably Bellinger. But didn't he like kind of hurt his hammy again or something? Yeah, uh, he tweeted he's supposed to be playing on supposed to be playing on Tuesday. But I mean, he just came off an O for twenty three. He's hitting a buck sixty two. This yeah. is a guy that won the MVP in twenty nineteen, came in the spring in twenty twenty, changed his swing, and has hit two hundred since. Yeah, he, yeah, he was out of the lineup. Uh, could return Tuesday, but yeah, it just, you know, I, I, I just don't understand why he changed his swing before last season. It was, I mean, what three hundred five and forty seven home runs wasn't good enough. I don't know what that is. And then, I mean, it's still a smallish sample. We're looking at ninety eight games to do that, but he's hitting two hundred since then. Two hundred. It must. It had to have like hurt to swing that way. That's all I can think. Yeah, the uh, shoulder it's, maybe. It's, it's like the that, Verlander yeah. thing, but the hitter yeah. version of that. It's uh, it's weird. I think I probably uh, that's a really tough one. I think I probably go Yelich barely, but I just I'm scared of both of them right now. Yeah, uh, and they I, were I, they I, were the two MVP guys in 2019 that were back and forth having the huge seasons too. Right, right. I right now I'm not taking either at that price. Uh, we got two months left of baseball. We'll see yeah. what happens, but and the Dodgers probably playoffs too. And that and he'll probably go nuts in the playoffs, and we'll all get fooled again. Right. Um, so let's jump in. Look at look at uh, week eighteen coming up here real quick before we uh, talk about some fab. 
Um, trade deadline coming up. We talked about that. There's two teams with eight games, six plus a doubleheader. That's Atlanta and the Mets. There's 11 teams with seven games. We have a pretty big schedule this week. We do have five teams with five games, though. The Diamondbacks, the in- – oh, I guess what are they? The Cleveland or the Guardians now? Are we still just going Cleveland baseball team for a bit? I don't know where we're going. We've just been that. saying Cleveland all year on all right. the pod anyhow, right? So Cleveland. Stay with, uh, I'm, stay with I'm, Cleveland. I'm sure I've messed that up a bunch of times. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Marlins. Marlins, Cardinals, and Rangers. Uh, we do have four AL teams going to NL parks. I think the biggest one is probably the uh, the Astros going with the Giants over the weekend uh, with Jordan Alvarez. Although Jordan's played about eleven or twelve games, I think now in the outfield. So you got to think he's going to probably going to play two of those three. So I would think he's in your lineup anyway. We have the Twins at the Cardinals. There's no more Nelson Cruz in Minnesota, so that's not that big a deal. Friday, Sunday, maybe Miguel Sano. Uh, the Yankees are in Miami over the weekend, uh, so that might affect some John Carlos Stanton. Uh, he has not played very much alpha. They don't seem like they want to put him out there, even, even when they don't have any alphas to put out there. we got Ryan LaMare and Greg Allen out there because they don't want to put Stanton out there. And the A's play at the Padres. It's going to be a tough series, Jeff, Tuesday and Wednesday. Coming off these three games, I'm not super fired up about going to face the Padres right now. Getting a day off is probably great. Yeah. By the way, the Padres, I mean, they've, they've lost the last two, if I recall correctly. And Saturday, I don't know if you saw like some of the highlights. They got royally hosed on ball strikes. Uh, and, you know, we're pretty grouchy about that. I think like a couple, couple of coaches got ejected. But I saw some of like the the Twitter, you know, I think the Padres broadcast called the umpire the, the Marlins oh, player of the was, game and all that. Was that was a great – did you hear to see the one where the – I forget it was a struck out. And I think it was whoever their color guys are like yeah, that. He goes, that's just horrible. That is just terrible. As they, as they, went, yeah. to, they went into the, went a commercial. I was cracking up. Yeah. And it was did, truly did it horrible. Seem like this is a bad ball strike umpire week, like especially bad. It seems like there was a ton of them this week that were like really pissing people off. I, I see it every week. Yeah. I, I, know. <laughs> I mean, every single week there. And I'm, I'm, Super guilty of it. Uh, I, I may, maybe not guilty is the right word. I, I take pleasure in like screenshotting some of the bad ones that screw the Reds. So we, we had that we had that Kenley one against with Darren Ruff, where it was two zero oh. and the pitch wasn't even close, called for a strike, and then he clearly swung on three two, and they didn't call the check swing. It was just like it's just like compounding each in, itself on how just how bad it was. Yeah, you don't make makeup calls like that. I mean, and have you ever noticed too? And this is have you ever seen like home plate umpires don't want to like call something you know end the game strikeouts a lot of times yeah Uh, and the marginal pitches now some are the other way around and just want to they got their dinner reservation but others like oh i can't do that you know yeah Uh, and then the the dodgers screwed that up too by not charging the softly hit ground ball so he could get the force out at second in time i mean he was playing so deep on that play the dodgers butchered a lot of late inning stuff all week long it was uh yeah it was quite a quite a crazy week out here but uh, so let's jump into fab. That's what we're, we're here to talk about. Uh, let's talk about some fab. But first, a note from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. So, Jeff, uh, after today's games, I think the the big guy in Fab turned out to be uh, Tuki Toussaint. Uh, had a had a gem today against the Phillies. Seven innings, uh, one earned run, ten strikeouts. Earlier this week, had a really good game against the Padres. Uh, six and two thirds, one earned run, five Ks. Reminded me of uh, the 2019 back when we used to be able to go to Vegas and do our drafts. You and I uh, both took Tuki Toussaint mm. in that draft. Uh, we both really were fired up about it too. He came off the. Uh, Came off the, he was really good in in the minors in, in 2018. I think in double A and triple A, uh, was really good. He had some walk issues, but like the strikeouts were good. He looked really good coming up, and uh, it didn't work out. He's the former 16th overall pick. Um, how do you feel about uh, Tukey this time around? Off the off the two really good starts this week. I was very good about getting a second place bid on all my leagues on him. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, you know, if I recall correctly, didn't he get sent down before the start of the season after yeah. all of that? Like maybe a day after we drafted on the main on that Saturday? I think he did. I think he came. I think we held him and he came back up like three weeks later and just got shelled. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I don't know. I, that was a scarred, not uh, owes me situation. <laughs> but although I was in on the bidding, I was just, I didn't go all in. I, I, it, I, I watched uh, I watched some of both those arts. He looked really good. Like it, the stuff was there. He was yeah, striking guys yeah. out. He looked really good. And this is a guy that was a pretty high level prospect a couple years ago. And uh, I think it'd be interesting. I mean, it's a team that uh, a team that even without Acuna should you know should be in the mix, score some runs. And um, I liked it too. I was a little bit short on the bidding. I kind of uh, you know where I went high, he went higher. Where I kind of went medium, he went medium. Also, just. It didn't fit the right the right leagues. It was just it just one of those things that didn't work out. But uh, certainly interesting. I mean, it's one. Of, who knows how many pitchers we're going to get that we feel pretty good about? Uh, and he he feels like he feels like he's one right now. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I was more in on Josiah Gray than I was on Tukey. All right. Um. So I was one for two in the main and getting him at All least. Right. So but, obviously Gray has as as good strikeout stuff. He had thirteen strikeouts this week, only eight innings. Uh, do the innings? How much of the innings were you? Do you think we're going to get? five, six innings out of Josiah Gray. I think we're going to see four innings. He threw 79 pitches today in his four innings. Um, do you think he's going to go deep enough to really work in fantasy? I think it's going to be five, six. I think it's yeah. going to be dicey at times. There'll be some four inning ones like today. And unfortunately, home start against the Rockies, you expect him to go a little deeper. Right. Uh, but this goes back, you know, there is a risk with the Dodgers that I think is less present with the Braves, and that is the Dodgers. We talked about this already. The Dodgers could trade for Mac, Mad Max. And who's the odd man out? It might be Gray. It might be no play for Mr. Gray. But And I know I was 
forced and i am not not ashamed i'm, I'm proud of it, that one actually but Consid- so okay. i mean conceivably they have they have price gonsolin and gray for like three guys for two spots and they could piggyback them whatever it be but yeah you're right it could be it could be gray piggyback with one of those guys pretty easily or it could be gray sent back down and yeah. that, that's the danger but i would love to see him be the uh, the follower to gonsolin yeah that would be ideal. Gonsolin pitched better on Saturday, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and he, and he threw five innings, for, which was which is good to see too. It actually, and, actually get a decision. And Price pitched very well on Friday. Uh, just ran out of a little gas at the end, but yeah. he deserved that win. And non Kenley reliever blew it for him. So there was that. Yeah, and you're right though. You mentioned Kershaw. Kershaw um, threw a bullpen session Saturday. Throwing a sim game on Tuesday, so he's going to be back at some point. Also, it's uh, yeah, you know, someone else probably get hurt. Gonsolin probably get hurt the way they go, but it just. Uh, you're right. The, the Jose Gray thing, I think he, I, he looks really good. I love the stuff, and I like what I see in the minor league numbers, but I'm just a little bit worried about um, A, innings, and B, what his role is maybe the last like six weeks of the season yeah. when guys get healthier. They trade for somebody like either Max or Barrios. Or, I think they're going to trade for somebody. They, they, ha- they got to bring in a big arm for the playoffs, I would think. Right. I will say the, the, the counter argument is there's just look at that waiver wire every week. There's Ugh, just bad. Yeah, you get oh, a right. you get a live arm like that. I think you got to bid on. I was I was in on the bidding too, but uh, maybe this trade for Mike Fires. I think that'd be a good deal for them. <laughs> Spoken as our as our A's fandom. Oh, there. you know they they hate the Astros. They, the Astros hate him. It'd be per- a perfect fit, and he's uh, he'll come in and give up like six runs and five and work really well. It'd be nice. Yeah. Well, and then they can call. You can't even turn to Jesus for help there with the A's. That's the that's the sad part. Oof, yeah, he finally pitched a little bit better. Yes, last uh, last start, but that's uh, that's been a shocker. I I thought that uh, the Lazardo thing was going to be not enough innings, not going deep enough into games to really work right. fantasy wise. I thought he'd be really good when he pitched, and he's just been bad the whole time. Whether they bullpen or starting, it's just been. It, it, I'm surprised that it's been it's been bad. I, I thought it would be frustrating fantasy wise. I didn't think it'd be bad. It has been. Yeah, I, I'm. I have an AL only home league where I needed pitching really badly and someone gave up on Luzardo early. That's like, okay, this this move to the bullpen's temporary. I'm going to put a pretty big bid on Luzardo and no, that didn't work out very well. So, uh, and I, you know, I don't see him doing, having much of a role the rest of the way absent like two or three injuries and them just saying, okay, we, we need you now. Just, you know, we'll take our chances, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I actually think that uh, I think AJ Puck maybe has more chance to uh, kind of help out in the bullpen at at some point here rather than Lazardo at the moment. Yeah, I think you're probably right. You know, that's another guy that just yeah. has been a big. He's, he's got 11, 11 strikeouts and three walks over his last ten to third innings over the last six appearances. So they're kind of working him in like two inning spurts. And I think that could be. Uh, you know, I, I tend to think these three losses for the A's are going to be really important because I don't think they're going to make a trade now. Whereas maybe if they won, you know, win two of those three, maybe they would have been a little more aggressive. Now they're five and a half, whatever, six behind the Astros. I think like AJ Puck coming up might be their answer for like the bullpen issues. And I just, I'm afraid they're going to get, they're going to get even cheaper based on this, uh, this bad series. I think the Reds are in the same boat. Uh, you know, they, they had the horrible series against Milwaukee coming out of the all-star break. Yep. Um, and then they won two out of three and they, they lost two out of three against the Mets. So that, that was that they, they won the first two against St. Louis. And then Sonny Gray got pounded. Today. He got smoked today. Eight earned runs. Oof. And you know, he's only a couple starts removed from the IL. And I don't know if he's hundred percent. There's, there's still six and a half behind Milwaukee. They're five and a half behind in the wild card. I, I, this is all the trappings of a Stan Pat team to me. Uh, it just would follow their very nature, too. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they had the big Bauer trade a couple of years ago, but I just don't see them making the big swing. And you mentioned earlier at the National League, I mean, pretty much the the East and the Central, you got to go, go for your division because they're just so far behind those other three teams. Yeah, and it's just embarrassing how many times they've blown leads in games, too. Yeah. Monday night was just another one of those where I think they lost 15-11 to in that one, and 
constantly, you know, the bullpen was just getting destroyed. And the thing is, I'm not mad at the relievers themselves because they're doing the best they can. Plus, I mean, but you just look at who they're asking to do the job. Yep. You know, they're asking, you know, guys that were not good enough to make the Royals. You know, Brad Brock, you know, <laughs> Keith Hembry has been actually been very good. Yeah. Uh, CNL Perez is, you know, the guy that cast, they got in like a cheapy deal with the Astros. It was, it's always that guys, they got in cheapy deals. They didn't go after anyone and they, they've had four months to, to fix this problem and they haven't seen fit to do it at all. I mean, you look at some, you know, some of the guys that were able to get and you know, it's just, it's really frustrating. And then meanwhile, Milwaukee, they made the trade of the year. They went and got Willie Adamas and that has it's been, been awesome. magical for them. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the Reds feel pretty stand pat to me too. Six and a half is a a big enough chunk back where you're probably not uh, you're probably not uh, mortgaging the future to, to make a run. I, I, it's hard to really blame them for that. It's it's just uh, that's too big a deficit, I think, to really go for it. I think. Yeah, Milwaukee feels that way too because you know they're they did the Fre- uh, the uh, Freddie Peralta four inning outing the other day. They 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 got a shortage of games this week, uh, so they're going to do another half start with one of their starters. I mean, sounds like they're kind of thinking about doing that uh, a bunch of the rest of the way too. They're talking about, you know, they, we have six starters. We need to limit some innings. Yep. And they were the one of the yep. teams that they said in the off season, we're going to go hundred innings more than they threw last year. So they kind of had a number in mind, like one fifty, uh, right? I think they were going to go hundred more than they threw the year prior. So like I, I yeah, it, it varied by guy, but that was their ballpark. But like, Peralta's probably getting there already. So I just, uh, I love Peralta. And I, I looked at the store. I'm like, oh, they're winning no runs. I looked, he got taken out after four. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be, and they're not going to be the only team that way too. And we're going to see a lot of stuff last six weeks of teams limiting innings. It's going to be, I think wins are going to be even more difficult than they were the first half and the second half. If they stick to a hundred more than last year, Freddie Peralta's got 27 innings left. There you go. I, I thought he was kind of almost there and there's no way they can stick to that. But right. they're not gonna they're not gonna go 150 over. So I don't know what they do. I mean, I think they he probably gets skipped a couple times. If they clinch, they probably skip him. I just think I think they're gonna massage as best they can. But it's hard to go out. You don't want to go off the gas too early either. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Corbin Burns threw 59 and two thirds last year, so 60. He's at 102 already. So yep. he's he's got a little bit more buffer there. Yep. Woodruff's got a little bit more buffer, but he's less than 50 left too. I mean. It, <sighs> Your, your buddy Brett Anderson has got it, it can ride him all they want because they don't care about protecting, protecting right. his innings, but it's a my, problem. My, my boy. Um, it is a problem. I don't know. It, the Peralta usage is going to be really interesting because he's been great. And they, it was funny because right before the all-star break, I think he pushed him. He went like 105 or 106. And I was like, Oh, here we go. And, and then I think they're going to realize I have to pull back a little bit. Cause like you said, 20, 30 innings more is not going to work. So maybe they go 50 more. And even that is, um, you know, what's that? nine starts that's uh yeah it's gonna be tight yeah uh, and, then, and you know and then, he's a huge part of the playoffs for them and too. Playoff, playoff innings are really important yeah i mean he's one of their three guys that's gonna start playoff games yeah but the problem is if you shut it down too soon yep. is he gonna be sh- at his sharpest when the playoffs yep. begin i mean it's a it's a it's a jenga puzzle it's really I, tough i can't fathom they go full strasburg and don't let these guys pitch in the playoffs either i mean i just don't right i, I, agree. I think we've seen that 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 didn't go very well but uh it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be something that fantasy-wise you're going to have to watch because I think we're going to get a lot of times where we're going to get guys yanked a little bit early and that's going to be frustrating. So Look um, for the Brewers to trade for one more pitcher. I that think that's, be, that's, 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 that's probably a really good uh, a really good way to look at it. They're going to have to just get another arm in there to eat some innings. Yep. Mike Fires would be a good answer. For that. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of young pitchers who uh, did not go well the first time, Daniel Lynch uh, came up, got smoked, yeah. and I think it was three starts. 
Uh, eight shutout innings today. Again, Granders against Detroit, only four strikeouts, but zero walks. I think it was the key. He had a lot of walk issues when he first came up. It's funny. I looked at I looked at his AAA. I'm like, I wonder if he's been dealing in AAA. He's got a five eight ERA in AAA, but apparently he was pitching better. I read some quotes that he was really um, kind of coming around the last few starts. He had a 24% K rate and only a seven percent walk rate in AAA. Um, in 2019, in A ball, he's a you know low threes guy with a with a decent strikeout rate, low walk rate. Were you uh, were you in on this? I mean, he's a big prospect. Uh, you know, a lot of guys struggle the first time up. We saw with Logan Gilbert, he looked just as bad, and now he's been really good. Uh, were you back in on Lynch at all today? Logan Gilbert did not look just as bad as that's, uh, Lynch that's a did. Fair point. He that, looked pretty looked pretty bad, but not just as bad. You're right. And to the to that point farther, uh, so his last two starts in AAA were pretty good. July eighth, eight runs and two and a thirds. July second, seven runs and five Yikes. and a third. So it's very recent bias that suggests yeah. that. And even that the, the most recent minor league start was three runs and five and a third. He just didn't walk anybody. He had six Ks. I, I there's there's a lot of upside here clearly. Yeah. Uh, but first of all, A, don't sleep on Detroit. They're not that bad of a team. Um, I, I don't think you're saying that, by the way. I'm not trying to accuse you of that. I, don't, I wouldn't want to sully your good name. Right. But that's actually a, a better outing than you might think, that they haven't been really a team that's a great streaming option. Only seven below 500 right now. Uh, but the real, I, the, the real problem with Lynch is he goes at Toronto, at the White Sox the next Yeah, time. we and Shu and I saw that, and we, we really tempered our bids because of that. I had him as like the sixth conditional in one, and I got him with the thought that I'm not going to use him this week. I'm just going to see what we get this week, but I, there's no way I'm throwing him at Toronto. No, no. Yeah, there's no Heavens chance. no. Yeah. And then, I mean, at the White Sox, that's going to be Eloy's back tomorrow, so that's going to be uh, another righty in that lineup. Luis Robert won't be back quite yet then, but, I mean, suddenly that that White Sox, uh, you know, you stick a really good hitter right in the middle of it. That uh, yeah, that's I don't think it's a spot you want to throw him either. No, absolutely not. And, you know, that's 10 days in, you know, eight days into him being back. So it's definitely, and that's the thing is then, then you ruin a possible two, is that a two, possible two stepper if I recall correctly or not? No, no it's a, it would be no, the week after probably. Yeah. Well, that's ideal then. So you're getting him for, but yeah, that, that's a long time to pick up a guy and you not do. use. You do. Yeah. I, I, I grabbed him. It was the bottom of my list. I'm not throwing this week. I'll watch that start. If it doesn't look mm-hmm. good, I'll drop him back. If it look, if he looks great, maybe I'll hold him for a week and not throw him, but we'll see. But so what were you do? What were you picking up? I mean, we talked about Josiah Gray. We talked about Tukey. Um, any Tyler Anderson this week? Two starts, Milwaukee and Philly. My concern here is he might get traded before that second yeah. start. I, and I think he probably will. I think that it, 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 it's just one of those things. Like they got to move him. He's a he's an innings eating type guy though. He's he's been pretty good. He's a four three ERA, which is not great, but in major in real baseball terms, like he can go out there, eat some innings, pitch pretty well, give you a quality start. Um, you know, last five starts hasn't allowed more than three earned runs. Swing strike rates up to eleven point six percent. This is a guy that, you know, if you need some innings and he's going to you know, trade and be like your fourth guy, I think he works. Pray that he doesn't get traded to Atlanta, uh, if you recall that start. But although he won't have to face the Braves. but That's true. I, I think there's it it almost uh, there's less than a 50 percent chance he makes that second start. I would agree. Uh, I, don't, I didn't see him available in my 15s. Uh, he might have been available in some 12s. Uh, no, I ended up with the opposite of Anderson in terms of like strikeout potential. We got good old Dallas Keuchel in a league because he's got two starts at KC and home against Cleveland uh, this week. I'm not getting the strikeouts, but I'm chasing wins. Fully admit it. And those are uh, those are pretty good starts too. I'm fine with both of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was he available, just, was he available in your main or is that a 12? That was a main. Oh. Uh, yeah, and 12. I think I got him in one of each. I got him in one of our mains. Uh, Shu and I did 37 to 32. Uh, you know, I didn't, I missed somehow that Domingo Herman was available. I uh, would have 
probably gone a little bit more aggressively against him, on him. I didn't uh, any stats in, in this week until today when he just went crazy, and then that bullpen just killed him. Yeah. Um, that was rough. But, yeah, that, that is rough. Uh, it's funny, though. Joe Sheehan had a pretty good tweet about that. And he was like, you think it's bad this year? This year's pretty bad. Some of you need to be a Mariners fan for the, like the last 30 years to realize, get it's some true. perspective. Yeah. Uh, but although the, the Mariners have a better record right now. Uh, you know, the, you know the Mariners haven't been to the playoffs since the year they set the record for most wins? Yeah. And then that That's, ended that up being. That seems impossible. Like they were so good. Yeah. And they, it's not like they haven't won the World Series. Then They literally have not made a playoff appearance since then. They haven't made a playoff appearance. They they had some Ichiro years, some King Felix years. I mean, King yep. Felix is such a tragic figure yeah. if you think about it. You know, by the time the Mariners the Mariners had one like one year where they're quasi competitive, like four years ago. But by that point in time, he wasn't there. In fact, he was kind of an anchor on them a little bit, and not he wasn't the, the staff anchor the way you wanted to be. He was the one weighing him down. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 too bad, but you're right. I mean, that's what you. It, but the problem is, you get teams like that that are good, the Yankees, and you just expect it. And it's frustrating when they're we're not good. I do I do understand that as a 49ers fan who had a lot of good years. Um, when they start to lose, it does become a little frustrating. But you do realize how spoiled you are. Um, any interest in Spencer Watkins at all in Baltimore? Um, pitched really well uh, last start, uh, six innings at Tampa, seven strikeouts, four hits, two walks. Uh, was not very good in AAA in 2019 at an 8 ERA, so really not very good. 76 innings. Uh, was pretty good at AAA so far this year with like a 3-6 ERA. Um, I didn't see a lot here that I that I liked. I kind of just feel like the, I feel like the reckoning's coming. But it was a good uh, – he's at home against Miami and at Detroit. So it's a, it's a, it's a workable two-step this week. You know, I, I pitch-poshed him uh, last week when she brought him up. This week I said, yeah, let's put him on there. Uh, he was for hire, uh, but we did not get him. I got that one. Thank you. I like it. Um, yeah, I just uh, – it's just Baltimore pitchers. I just – Yeah. Never. They work once they leave, but they just don't work while they're there. Unless uh, your name is John Means, and even then, I mean, yeah. he, he hasn't been the same since coming back, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see about it. But, yeah, Miami-Detroit, you know, especially Miami right now is, you know, today notwithstanding, uh, that's that's a start you want. Yeah. Did you do anything um, closer-wise this week? Uh, there wasn't really much out there. It was a you know, little bit of Joaquin Sorian, 12 or some Greg Holland who had two saves this week, and they gave two two runs his last outing. Did you guys do anything like you know, specking for some closers? Were you thinking trade deadline, You know, someone like uh, Bednar in Pittsburgh or anything like that? Would, how, how active were you guys the closers? It felt like a bit of uh, – you know, there's so many weeks we talk about saves and closers. It felt like one of those weeks there was not much out there. Yeah, I we we've had and dropped – Greg Holland and I'm not going to go back to that one. I'm not going to boot and rally on that. Yeah, you don't want to. Uh, you don't want to chase the two saves. You have and you have Soria, right? Who has like 100 saves this month? <laughs> I, we do have Soria in both mains. Uh, I think there was a stat. We also have Kenley though, so there's there's the yeah. trade off, right? He there. had six saves in the month. I thought that was like, there was a point where he was like he was tied to lead in in saves in July. I don't know. He's probably not anymore, but there was a, there was a spot there he was. Yeah, he, he's been fine. Uh, he had that one hideous outing against the Cubs, and otherwise he's been really good. Uh, Mark Melanson has 30 saves, Jeff. That's just insane. 30. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Just, I, I don't think about that at all. You know, yeah. having taken Pagan in the 12th, um, you know, yeah. and waited to take a closer until the 11th and Jake McGee, who's in fairness has been fine for yeah, what we'd expected. Jake McGee has yeah. been really good for the price. Yes, he has. He had that, he had that like three or four weeks where he was like kind of out of the job and Rogers was in and now he's back and it seems like it's mostly him and they split a little bit, but mostly him. I think he has 20 saves, right? Something like that. I mean, yeah, so many yeah. of them were early, though. That'll still play, though. If you told me he had 20 saves on July 25th, I would have taken him at the price every single time. Oh, absolutely. And the numbers are good, that. and he's got strikeouts, and the ERA, and the, the ratios are good. He's been he's been definitely uh, definitely very workable. Yeah, he has. 
Is he better than Alex Colomay is my question. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, let's talk about some hitters. Uh, we, we touched on Brandon Marsh a little bit last week. He got called up right before the deadline, but obviously he was a NFPC wise the first time he's available. Were you guys, uh, were you guys aggressive here so far? He's at 28 plate appearances. He's at 231, no home runs, one stolen base. We talked last week how he was a, he was a stolen base guy in the minors. He had uh, 18 stolen bases in 2019 in double a um, only was uh, three home runs, two stolen bases in 2020. Um, were you guys in on him? How worried are you about his playing time with Upton back and trout kind of close? Yeah, we'll talk about Trout in a second about that. But we got him in one of two leagues. We He was our top hitting bid, although it wasn't like we were going like we did for Duran last week. Uh, won him 37 to 28 in one of mine. That's a good price. Lost him, lost him 28 to 23 in the other where we had less fab to begin with. I lost him 29-28 in mine. So it was uh, – if, he de- if he's good, that'll be, a, that'll be a tough one. Ugh. Man, you just run bad sometimes. Yeah, it it's funny. Bad. Clark Olson, who's like leading the world in everything this year, is a, a really good player always, but having a yes, great he year. Uh, he's in my. He's leading my main. He won. Uh, he won Tukey thirty nine thirty eight and Marsh twenty nine twenty eight. Just what you good. need for the guy. The guy leading the league to win two guys by a buck that he wants. So that was good uh, to be Clark. Good bidding though. You got to give him props for that. Yeah, he might take over some Fab Whisperer titles. I don't know. Sorry if that's heresy, Vlad. I, uh, but that's pretty darn <laughs> um, good. Otherwise, offensive wise, as we talked about Marsh last week, with any other outfielders, I looked at uh, I looked at Tyrone Taylor a little bit. He's playing uh, playing in Milwaukee. You know, nine home runs, five stolen bases. Um, you know, decent hard hit rate, uh, almost a ten percent barrel. He was fourteen uh, five and fourteen home runs, five stolen bases, nine two games in AAA. I kind of like him a little bit. Um, Greg Allen has four stolen bases in the last eight games, but I think you know with Aaron Judge coming back this week, maybe that playing time goes away. Um, what uh, was anybody else uh, main wise in the outfield that you liked? Not really. I mean, yeah. there was guys we had bids on. Paven Smith was available, and he's available in one of mine too. You know, thing is, I expect the Arizona to trade off some hitters. You know, yeah. I I don't know who's trading for David Peralta. Unfortunately, our guy is Love him, not really yeah. been that good this year. On uh, his and defense is kind of sketched with him too. So that's the other thing I'm worried about a little bit there. But I do think Paven Smith's a guy that should play a lot down the stretch. So if you're looking for playing time, he might be that guy. Uh, what'd you do in, in 12 teamers? There's a lot of leagues where Lamont Wade, uh, junior was available. Hit two home runs today for the giants. He's leading off a bunch of games, hitting 264, 12 home runs, three steals across 171 plate appearances. He's got 25 runs, 27 RBIs has been very good. Another one of these far hand finds that's working well, uh, yeah. solid, solid K rate, solid walk rate. Um, in 2019 though, he only hit, he had seven home runs and 450 plate appearances. So this is definitely like this power is, uh, is pretty newfound. Uh, were you in on Wade in your 12 teamers? I think he was only like 15% available going into this week. No, I wasn't. I think he was pretty much gone. At least I think he was, but I'll have to go yeah. audit that again a little bit closer. The giants are kind of the hitters with the razor to pitchers. It feels like sometimes where they just find guys. Bit, yeah. And, yeah. And they, and they platoon guys kind of like the Rays do too, but it, it seems like Wade, yeah. he's leading off against all righties. And if you're going to get a, an offense like this that scores a bunch of runs, leading off against righties is pretty solid. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of the Rays, did you throw up in your mouth a little bit when the Rays got Nelly Cruz? It was just, it was a disgusting, awful feeling. I hope, I hope we did. He already has two home runs there, but like, man, I just, the A's should, it would have been a really good fit. They need another power hitter. They need a DH. Mitch Moreland is kind of just doing nothing. I, he would have been such a great fit and just would have been fun for me. Um, yeah, going to the Rays, a team they're you know conceivably competing against for the wild card. It's just uh, it hurt. Yeah, uh, and you know a small market team that supposedly you know, and they did trade away giveaway slash Rich Hill. Yep. Uh, which was really an odd trade to see right after going after that. You think okay, they don't have to save that much salary there, but 
Apparently they did because how do you, who gives away pitching starting pitching depth when you're contending? <laughs> right. But man, you, you you stick you stick Nelly in the middle of that lineup though. I mean, it, they're going to have some interesting playing time stuff going. A Rosarena has been sitting a couple times, and it's. Yeah. Uh, but I, you have to imagine that you know, as long as they're an AL Park crew, is going to be hitting third and, and DHing every single day. It's. Uh, I don't know. You stick him in the middle of that lineup. That lineup becomes a lot more deadly really quickly. Yeah, and I, I forget who first pointed it out, and I apologize for that. But they have fewer interleague road games left than the Twins did, so oh, he benefits. Wow. There you go. He, he benefits from that. I, 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 I really want to give attribution. I apologize. I, I, I forget who said that on Twitter, but I think it's you know that's a big deal. You know that's fewer. I mean it's it's big for them too that they they get they, they lose they don't lose as many games, but it's especially big for us. Yeah, for sure. And I, everybody knows I love Nelly. I'd like to see him in the in the playoffs and do well in advance. So I'm uh, I, I'm happy for uh, happy for him. It's a, it's a good landing spot. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, let's see. Anybody else? I seem like offense is kind of weak this week. I, I picked up Alejandro Kirk in one in one league because he got called up with uh, Danny Jansen going in the aisle. I didn't think Kirk's the guy that just hits for average, and he kind of has hit for average across the minors. If you're if you're looking for catcher, I've rotated through so many catchers, and I was I was I, I sadly I shouldn't have done it, but I looked at my year to date stats and one of my main events, I looked at all my catchers and like every single one has been terrible. So, uh, add yeah. him there. He's, uh, he hasn't done a lot yet, but, uh, you know, I think that uh, again, some playing time is probably going to split, uh, split opportunities with Reese McGuire. Um, good hard hit rate. Always hit for ba- batting average in the minors. Can't DH is the problem that lineup so loaded. He's not going to, but, uh, you know, I figured half the time, maybe you get, maybe a batting average to help a little bit. Definitely won't hurt. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I, I put bids on him and I put bids on Dalton Varsho in places too. I finally caved on that. That one's, uh, I dropped him two weeks ago. So, you know, can tell how I feel about that. Yeah. I, well, and he was, yeah, I mean, he was doing, he was doing nothing for like the fifth time through. Like it'd been, right. we've, we've seen nothing so many times. He stole a base. It's funny. He stole a base on that Sunday. And I'm like, do I really need, I'm going to keep a guy who went 0 for 3 just because he stole a base. And he's homered every game since, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I got outbid in a couple of 12s. I got him in one where I got Eric oh, Haas nice. instead. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there's that. Eric, and then, Eric Haas has 15 bombs. That's, uh, I know. That'll work, that'll work a catcher, too. And I got hitting, uh, hitting fourth a bunch, too. And, and, and yogurt, I I had the saddest pickup ever. Luis Patino, I picked up and dropped Ronald Acuna. Uh, uh, so. that's that I was gonna say, I kind of like the Patino app, but then I realized who you dropped him for. And that is, I, I also got I got gray in that league, and I also picked up Francisco Mejia because Ariel Cohen outbid me eight to seven on Kirk. So I got my backup choice instead, but okay. Uh, yeah, I just I, I never found closers in that league, so I'm just kind of so buried in my offense. I had uh. Ed Springer, Eloy, and someone else, and Buxton were three of my top seven picks. So that's uh, it's worked really well for at bass. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's jump. It is a little bit of uh, news and notes, but first a note from our sponsor, uh, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate at RoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you from RoWire's newest partner, WinBet. That's W-Y-N-N Bet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more, all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. 
Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's Fantasy Podcast. We do thank uh, WinBet for that. Jeff, a lot of big names. I'm going to fire through a bunch of stuff here quickly, but a lot of big names that are either like missing time or ended up on the IL this week. Mookie Betts, the Dodgers handled this weirdly. Like he missed the whole week and they finally put him in the IL today. I don't know exactly what they're doing. And they can only backdate, I think, three days. So he's out for, he's definitely out for the Giants series this, this coming week for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that they realized he wasn't going to be able to do much this week. But uh, yeah, remember the talk was, oh, he's probably going to come back Monday, uh, maybe Tuesday. Yeah. And, you know, this is like the fourth time now he's had a Monday thing. We talked about it last week, how it's going to be a problem. Yep. Uh, and, and sure enough, it was. Uh, so, yeah, this this is. And so they were playing a man short all week because yep. they, they kept on carrying him. And, you know, granted, they, there's not too many men to call up anymore. Uh, and so even, you know, it, you know, it's, it's hard as they have pitchers and hitters just littering their IL right now. Yep. It's uh, it's rough. I mean, he, and he's a, he's just kind of been okay. I mean, he's got 14 home runs, seven steals. So, you know, better than Christian Yelich and hitting 270, but he certainly has not been Mookie Betts so far this year. No, he hasn't. Uh, where are you taking him next year? How late does he have to drop before you take him? Um, I still think uh, I'm looking at the stats. Here. I think probably, probably the one, two turn. I think I'm still taking him. Yeah, I, I think that's reasonable, and you might get him. Yeah, I think I actually might get him. That might be that actually might be. I'd probably be a target for me if he if he gets that far. I don't. We'll have to see how. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that could go weird in the first round. I mean, like I we talked about I think last week, but like J- Jacob Degrom, like how his next two months go, like determines whether he's like the first overall pick or in the second round or something like that. It's crazy. Like what we, we it, there's a huge range of outcomes that could be for Degrom depending on how these these final two months go. Hundred percent, you know, and we don't even, you know, we don't even know if we're going to do anything, you know, what he's going to do this upcoming week. You don't know how he threw today yet. I mean, and they're like, oh, he threw off a mound, but they didn't say how hard or how many pitches. I'm like, great, right, <laughs> yeah, right. That doesn't tell us a lot. Yeah. So, quick question. Speaking of Degrom, Mike was asking this here. Mike uh, asked, are the Mets going to do anything substantial, or is it going to be typical? And uh, you know what? Yeah, Mets fans. I mean, I, I understand they've been through a lot. New ownership, though, I think if the trade is there, they'll do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I, I agree too, and it's just it's just a weird division where you know they should win it, but it's just you know with Acuna out and the, the Nationals kind of falling apart, they should win it. But uh, what do you think they? What would you go after if you were the Mets? That is the best question. Uh, I think another this, arm. I, I think we're writing off Syndergaard coming back, right? Like that is that totally done? Yeah. Uh, I, well, I don't know if it's totally done, but I'm not counting on any of the yeah. big three. Uh, so you've got, back. I mean, you've got Stroman, McGill, Taiwan Walker, Rich Hill is your one through four. So I think that if you're going to go deep in the playoffs, I think you need another starter. Yeah. And this is obviously, you know, before DeGrom comes back, but we'll see right. about that. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I have. McGill, McGill's been really, really good. And it's been a great story, but I still think you want, you want DeGrom, someone, Stroman as your front three probably in the playoffs. Yeah, so Barrios, is that an option? Is he even going to go? Yeah, I mean, that's that's clearly, that's clearly an option. I mean, I think that uh, – I don't know what the is – his, he has one more year on his contract. Is that right? And he just turned down a big uh, uh, contract commission. So did Buxton, by the way. Yeah, I saw that too, and that's uh, – I'm just looking up uh, Barrios' contract at the moment. But uh, so, I mean, his price goes up. He's arbitration eligible next year. And then a free agent the year after. So I mean that's a tough, it's a tough price because you're not renting a guy for two months. You're paying for a, you know a year and and, and I think months. that's a positive though. I do it? too, but the price goes up though. I think the teams like yeah, you know true. teams like renting because you can kind of give out you know middling prospect and you kind of do what you want. But you go an extra year of a guy and he's an arbitration eligible, so it probably make 
eight million next year. He made five six this year, five point six this year, maybe eight next year, nine. And that's a really workable price for Barrio. So I think that uh, I just think that it's going to be a it's got to be a high asking price. If I'm the Twins, I don't give him away cheaply. If I want to trade him and I'll get the right price, I just do it in the offseason. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think they got to do they got to do something. They got they, they got a really good uh, a really good chance to win the division, and I think they need one more pitcher. And you look at their lineup, and you know it's it's kind of deep wise from fantasy. We talked about we always talk about you know Dom Smith and JD Davis and McNeil and where who's going to play where. But like, I feel like they need one big bat in the middle of that lineup. I mean, it should be Conforto. He's hitting two hundred five, I think, and he's finally come along a little bit uh, the last week or so. But I think one big bat in the middle of the lineup would make a huge difference. I think Conforto just got a little Reds therapy. That's all. Yeah, it does help. It does help the cause, doesn't it? Uh, but, yeah. I mean, I just think uh, with Lindor out, uh, we you know, probably another month here or so. I just, I think one more bat, and it's hard. We can, you can you can say a bat and a pitcher for probably any team, right? But they 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 seem to me like they are a pitcher and a bat away from really really competing and being tough to beat. Yeah, uh, I I think you're probably right about that. Um, and then yet the division's so pliable that you can go ahead and you know. You can just say, okay, we're we're happy to make the playoffs. We're going to win our division. I, yeah. I I'm sure some there's there's some uh, instinct as far as that right. goes. I I, I don't think it's a good, good one. Once you get in the playoffs, anybody can win, and we'll see what happens. Kind of thing. You can see it, but I just I have a hard time seeing them uh, beat the Dodgers or the Padres as currently set up right now. Yeah. I also think that there's going to be this is the house organ excuse that a lot of teams use. Oh, our trade at, trade deadline acquisition is going to be Carlos Carrasco coming off the IL. Uh, yeah. Good. Did, did pitch three scoreless innings today, so that's a good yeah. sign. But I just I don't think you can trust you. Can, I don't think you can yeah. trust him to make it. You're throwing seven innings anytime soon. Of course, but his next outing could be at the big league level. They're saying so. It's a possibility. I I don't even think. Uh, but I I wouldn't count on that. I, I agree with you. I, I think that they need more. Um, but I also think they have the wherewithal to get more too. Uh, especially in terms of finances. Yeah, they could probably give up a lesser prospect in exchange for taking on a contract. Yeah, so that is that is a pathway, for sure. There's gonna be a lot of teams that would love to unload some contracts, and if they someone's gonna take yeah. one on, they're they're there's no salary cap, which is huge. I mean, we see it in the NBA like teams would love to take on contracts, just can't do it. But in baseball, right. you can you can pretty much take it on if you want to. Yep, indeed. Mike, uh, thanks for the question. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trevor Rogers uh, went on the IL with a lower <sighs> back spasm. This the Marlins rotation has just been shredded the last few weeks. Just, I mean, it's all season really because Sixto was out and Elysia was out. But uh, you know, breakout year for Rogers. Hopefully, you know, back spasm is one of those things that he might be fine tomorrow. He might not be fine for two weeks, but hopefully, he's back soon. Uh, we talked a little bit about, about Max Scherzer when we were talking about the trade deadline. He was scratched on Saturday with right tricep discomfort. He says he's fine, but he's Max Scherzer. I think he always says he's fine. Um, bullpen session can be on Monday or Tuesday to see if he can start this week. So I have two questions for you, Jeff. A, in fantasy league, do you use him this week with the thought that he's got to be okay in that bullpen session that he's going to throw on the weekend? And B, if you're a big-name team that's going to give up a bunch of prospects, would you do it for a guy who's coming off right triceps discomfort? Uh, and uh, and miss, yeah. a start, miss a start like three weeks ago, right? Yeah. I mean, we all remember you know what happened last year, right? With the, the, you know, do you start him? Do you not start him? That it caused us to get some zeros last year. Yep. Uh, and, and weeks. So, uh, you know, and the thing is, yes, you want a guy to be put on the brave face, the Michael Scott brave face, but at the same time, you know, you got to actually, I mean, it's, he's 35, 36 even. Uh, and these things keep cropping up more and more. Actually, he turns 37 on Tuesday. 
So and not only do they pop up more and more, but I think the key is they they don't heal as quickly either. Exactly. There's, there's exactly. A, and I mean he's he's been awesome. I think he has his highest uh, his highest strikeout rate of his career. Um, I think I'm looking at that right. Yeah, I know he did. He, he's tied with 2019 right now. But I mean he's been really really good in fantasy leagues. The second round pick. You know if you avoided if you took him over some of the other guys in that range, you're doing really well. Him and Walker Bueller both been good. And Castillo's been good lately. But um, it's so hard in a fantasy league though because if you sit him, like he's your, probably your best pitcher unless you drafted him as your second ace. But and you just uh, you know whoever you're putting in is your tenth best pitcher is just going to be so risky. Or you're throwing a middle reliever who you're hoping for two innings and some strikeouts and maybe right. lucking into a win. Um, I think I'm throwing him. Yeah, I am too. I mean, but the, the, the other is, risk is he gets traded before he makes that start too. That's also a risk. Also, and then he's then he's not throwing this week, so then we're screwed. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, it's a uh, it, it's a tough call. I think I'm going to start him, but uh, I, I probably wait. Uh, probably wait until I have to make the decision. Uh, a couple other uh, more minor IL guys, but uh, you know, guys that matter. Colin McHugh has been a really good out of the bullpen this year, and he uh, he went the IL with quote arm fatigue, which may mean that he just needs a break for ten days, or means his arm is about to fall off. I don't really know. The, I don't know which one it's going to be. And the Rays aren't going to tell us. So, no, they're not going to tell yeah. us. And um, I ended up dropping him in the league just because uh, he's been great, but he's a middle reliever. You know, it's it's hard to hold that if he's not pitching. And I wanted to use him this week. If I'm going to have him, I can always pick him back up. But and J- Josh Josh Rojas went on the attendee aisle with a dislocated finger. Um, he's been a guy that's uh, in, been been valuable in fantasy. Finally, getting kind of full time at bats and leading off a bunch. But he's uh, eligible at outfield, second, and shortstop, which has been really nice eligibility. Um, he's got 50 runs scored. He has uh, seven stolen bases, 10 home runs, hit 268. It's a guy that's uh, you know in any kind of deep fantasy leagues. He's helped your squad. He yeah, he's has and helped Shu and I in particular in the main and uh, you know. At least it happened, I think, right on a Thursday. Uh, so you got most of the week out of him. Um, and, you know, you could swap him out on Friday. And so, yeah, it's I, it looked like for a second there that they might even uh, try to bring him back quicker, but they did decide to eye him. I think that's the right play. But also, Good see job. also Steven Smith getting extra playing time too. Yep. Did you guys hold on to Rojas? Yeah, we did. I think I agreed that in a 15. I think in a 12, I was willing to kind of maybe cut bait there and maybe try and get him back later. But right. we talked about uh, we talked about Eloy Jimenez. He sounds like he's going to be activated on Monday. So if you have either sat on him or picked him up, uh, it's time to uh, time to get him in your lineup, which is a really good feeling. It's uh, It'd be fun to get him back. I think we thought he was going to miss maybe another month when, it, when, we, when we first did it. So um, if you told me to come back late July, I would have told you that that was, uh, that was like best case scenario. So it's good to see that. Um, his teammate, Luis Robert, his three games into his rehab assignment in high A, um, he was actually available in one of my 12 teamers league and he went for 127 bucks i was not close to, I, I had bids in on him uh, but i was not close on that one no i mean the thing is you don't know when he's coming back still yeah. but yeah i mean it's hard to find difference makers I'll tell you what's not fun is when you draft one of those guys and then get bid get beat on the bid back later <laughs> on for sure, yeah. No, I I drafted Eloy in uh, in in the yogurt league, and I uh, he's been long since picked up. But yeah, if he uh, if he rakes for two months, that'll be that'll be tough to watch. Yeah, I mean, there's that last little twist. Because uh, I mean, there was it. there was talk like maybe he'll be back for the playoffs when he first got hurt. It was like a five month right. thing, and you know maybe yeah. September some at bats, and he's back July 26th. That's that's pretty good. That is that is. Um, you know, we'll see what happens when he comes back too. But yeah. uh, I I think he should be okay. I do too. I mean, I guess uh, I imagine they're, they've rehabbed him, and you know, shoulder maybe he loses a little bit, of, a little bit of pop. But uh, you know, I, not, he, a, 
Yeah, this is not a medical diagnosis, though. Yeah, he had plenty to give, so I think he'll I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, a couple of guys you mentioned, Carlos Carrasco, but Chris Sale made it is uh, going to make his fourth rehab start next week in AAA. So I think he's pretty close. It's going to be interesting to see how the Red Sox, who have had, are having a really good year, um, how they deploy him. Do you think they're going to kind of go three, four innings starting for a while? Do you think they'll pull him on the bullpen? What do you think they're going to do with him? Uh, I think three, four would be my yeah. guess. Maybe think, bring an opener in front of him. Um, he just yeah. feels like they probably want to keep him on some routine where maybe he, you know, can go through everything and can start the game. You don't have to worry about, you know, timing it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yep. talking about guys that could be a difference maker, though, if he if he's throwing, you know, five innings by mid-August, that's a guy that can make differences in leagues too. Yep, for sure. Uh, Alex Bregman starting a rehab assignment on uh, Monday. Jeff, I just started the uh, I just started the Astros cheating books. So I've heard it's really good, so I'm hoping it uh, hoping it works well. I, I haven't heard anything about it. Who's who wrote it? Uh, that's a really good question. I should know that. It's called Cheated. Um, I can tell you who wrote it, though. Uh, but it's supposed to be – it actually starts out kind of giving the uh, the history of um, sign stealing and all that. So it started in the uh, the 1900s where there was a guy that had a uh, – he had a little box underneath the coaching box, and they, okay. had it wired, they had it wired to center field, so it, like, buzzed every time uh, based on the nice. pitch. And he could, he was in third base box, and he could give Sims – Based on how it's uh, based on how it buzzed, so it was uh, it was actually uh, an interesting start to the book. I, a couple of people recommended it to me. It was uh, by Andy Martino. I want to give good credit there. So it's uh, okay. I'll check it out. Inside story: of The Astros scandal, a colorful history of sign stealing. I'll tell you next week. I'll be done with. It. I'll tell you how it was. Okay. Uh, we talked about Cody Bellinger uh, on the Dodgers. Also Corey Seager. Sounds like he's going to Arizona for some simulated games. This is taking a long time. It's been a, a kind of a start and stop with Seager. Then likely some rehab games. So I think we're looking at probably still like. A week and a half till Seager's back in the lineup. Uh, we talked about Aaron Judge. He joined the Yankees on Sunday, like with the team, didn't play, but he sounded like he might be activated uh, Tuesday against the Rays. So hopefully that's one of those ones that uh, you hope you have another guy that doesn't play on Monday, and they can uh, you can figure out uh, kind of how to how to decide on Judge there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, God, if he if I have to wait till Tuesday to decide on that or, or Wednesday, you know, it's like I still might just because of the possible upside. I think uh, I'm pretty sure I'm using him unless like we hear something. Because they're they're off on Monday. They're so. off on Monday, yeah. So you you have to you have to have somebody else that is off on Monday also. So hopefully that you can you know if some there's a setback or they say he's not going to be ready till Thursday or something, you can put the yeah. other guy in. But I think I'm risking it either way, to be honest with you. If I don't have the guy, I think I'm just risking it. I think you're right. That's probably uh, what I'm do too. Mike Trout. We talked about him last week. He tweeted that he was flying to Oakland. And we were like, "Is he playing?" And then you were actually correct. You said he's just going up there to work out with the team. So you you kind of nailed that one. Um, hasn't run in three days, and he's seeing yeah. a doctor tomorrow. He said he felt something in his calf, and I'm assuming it just wasn't his calf muscle. So he had something in there. Um, that's not really ideal for someone who's coming back from a leg injury. You don't want to hear that he hasn't run for three days. Yeah, well, that's just the thing. It's like normally if he hadn't run in three days, we wouldn't hear about it. Right. The fact that they affirmatively said he hasn't run in three yeah. days. And he's going to see a doctor about it. Yeah. Problematic. Yeah. that's Without a doubt. Not great. I mean, I'm obviously angels are in the A's division and I don't like them, but I, I want trout on the field. It's just good for baseball. Um, Luisa rise went on the 10 day IL with a right knee strain. I only mentioned this because I actually think uh, I think Nick Gordon is kind of an interesting pickup if you need stolen bases. Um, he's shortstop and outfield eligible. I mm-hmm. think he's going to play a lot of second base with Arias hurt, and uh, the Twins are selling everybody off anyway. And I think uh, I think Gordon's going to kind of fall into regular at bats uh, the rest of the way. He's kind of a kind of a sneaky guy if you need some steals. Uh, probably not going to do much else for you, but I think if you need some steals, he might be a guy that, uh, that steals a handful of them down the stretch. I'd agree. I'd agree. And you know, the twins, I mean, Brent Rooker might be an option for you in AL leagues. You know, he, he had a big homer today. Uh, I think that they're just, you know, again, 
so many times these bad teams they they trade away guys opportunities come up they call up prospects and it and you never know playing time is a hell of a currency for them to give and sometimes they just get it yeah it's funny we always talk about you know what closers are going to take over when they trade guys but offensive i mean offensive guys fill in spots too and you're going to get guys that uh, a lot of these bad teams that are you know going to sell they're going you're right they're going to have guys to take over full-time at bats and that's in any kind of deep league or an AL only or an AL only league, like full-time at bats is huge. It is. It really is. So something to watch for there too. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a few players before we jump out of here. I want to talk about Patrick Sandoval. Um, it's a tough one for me because I've I've loved Sandoval. I've had him, added him a bunch of teams a while ago, have held on him. Did not have him in the lineup last night, which was especially painful for uh, a near no-hitter and 13 strikeouts. But uh, pitched really well. He's at 3.52 area in 71 innings. Um, Jeff, his his um, his swing strike rate, 16.3%. That number jumped way off the page to me. I was really surprised when I saw it. His changeup is a 54% whiff rate pitch right now, a 198 slug against it. That pitch is nasty. It is. And, you know, he they altered that pitch. They altered his pitch mix. Very positive results. They actually yeah. developed, did some development, Scott. Yeah. This is and something sir, the Angels aren't known for doing. And Angels prospect actually turning out well is not something I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's especially on the pitching side of things. That's, that's the yeah. real eye opener there. Yeah. So it's, uh, but I mean, it's look good. I mean, you look at the stat cast page, there's a ton of red, there's a ton of really good stuff. Hard hit rates, 34%, a good number in this season. Barrel rates, a 6% good number there, too. I mean, he's limiting hard contact and striking guys, get, striking guys out. That's a, that's a profile that you got to like. It is. It is. And, you know, we're too bad they didn't have this earlier. Well, in your case, in our case, as A's fans, uh, collectively <laughs> together, right. uh, it's good news for us. But they just, yeah. I mean, they, they need pitching so badly. He's been huge for them. And it's, uh, you know, with, with Bundy out of the rotation, Griffin Canning is in the minors. Andrew Heaney has been, uh, it's, uh, they need pitchers. It's, it's kind of him and Otani right now with a little bit of Alex Cobb every once in a while flashing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Chris Taylor sticking in LA. I mean, this is a guy that's having a huge year. He hit two home runs again on Sunday. He's at he's at 284, 16 home runs, nine stolen bases. It's wild. He's at 73 runs scored, like a category we don't talk about a lot, but it's weird. He's kind of back to the 2017. I forgot 2017. He went 21 home runs, 17 stolen bases, hit 288. Like he had a huge year. I remember he had that breakout. He came from Seattle to the Dodgers and had that huge year and kind of was platooning and not playing a ton the last couple of years. And he's fully back. He's been huge for teams. Yeah. And the thing is, they had that magic stretch. They found Muncie. They found Taylor. They found these guys. Uh, they haven't really gotten those guys this year. Really haven't. All these guys that they call up, you're kind of expecting it. It's the you know Edwin Rios or Matt Beatty. I mean, none of those guys. It's just kind of. And Gavin Lux has been. We can talk about it. Gavin Lux has been terrible. I'm yeah. one of my one of my bigger misses. Here. I thought that Gavin Same. Lux was be good. And, and Me too. I don't know if it was going to be a full breakout, but I like the chances of a breakout. And if he didn't break out, I thought he was going to be just good too. And in that lineup, and um, he's been anything but. No, he's been awful. You know, McKinstry had that buzz for about 12 seconds. Yeah, uh, and, and that's gone. Yeah, unfortunately it is. And they just they just haven't found that next guy. I mean, they, they thought they were going to go back to A's magic with come on, feel the noise. But, uh, they, you know, that was just uh, all, all full sound and fury signifying nothing instead. Anytime you can get quiet, right, jokes in one place, you got to go for it, right? Yeah, right, of course. Yeah, McKinstry's at 228 now, 278 OBP. You're right, that's uh, that's fully, fully fallen off. Yeah. So uh, speaking of me being wrong about guys, I'm I like to be uh, I like to be open about it and say when I'm wrong about guys. I've been I've been really wrong on Sal Perez this year. I just uh, I thought the batting average is a risk. I thought maybe he was going a little bit too high, and I've been dead wrong. This dude has just been awesome. Two seventy nine, twenty three home runs, sixty two RBIs. Um, he's he's held the, those those hard hit gains he had in twenty twenty. They weren't sure were fully real. Have been fully real. 
and more. 56% hard hit rate, 14% barrel rate. And hard hit rate's fourth in all of baseball. He's behind like Otani. He's tied with Vlad Jr. Like he's up there among the elites. Barrel rate's top 20 in the league. I think he's 16th. The K rate's up a little bit. It's 26%, but I think it's clear that he's, you know, selling out for some pop. Never walks. Um, I was worried about that with the batting average. It just hasn't mattered. He's been, uh, I mean, he's, he smoked JT Real Muto. That's for sure. The catcher, the catcher race. He smoked the competition. Yeah, uh, the Rotowire earned auction value tool gives him a ten dollar lead over the next best producing catcher. Who's who? I would say who's second? Will Smith. All right. Slightly over Posey because uh, as good as Posey's been, three twenty three, thirteen homers, thirty nine RBI, thirty nine runs, just thirty RBI. That's pretty hard to do when you're hitting three twenty with thirteen homers. Yeah. But he's he's played 64 games. That's some of it. Some of it's just where he is in the lineup. Real Muto has been a real bit of a bummer. Is Will Smith just, I guess Will Smith just has the 15 more RBIs because Posey's hitting 60 points higher. Yeah, and it might be the algorithm too. It might it's, be it's, waiting. Uh, it's the runs and RBI. That's a pretty big – I mean, he's got – 50% more, more RBIs than Posey. That, that's pretty- and two stolen bases, infinity, infinity nor more stolen bases than Posey. <laughs> uh, and two more than I think Posey will have for the rest of his career. But for yeah. all the, uh, all the worry about Will Smith and Austin Barnes, uh, Will Smith is uh, he's paid off that draft price too. Yeah. Early on, I think it was really frustrating to it see was. that time that the playing time issue, like it is, it, it's been fine. Lately, I, I think though. he, I think he's really good by the way. Yes, he is. Yes, he I is. Would, and, uh, so we're talking about the earlier with Keebert Rees. I'd if I were the Dodgers, I'd use that as a chip because I think Will Smith's their guy for a while. It'd be insane for them not to use him as their guy for a while. He's I, I he's agree legit too. awesome. You got you got to trade that that blue chip catcher while you have him, right? And you got to just I, I think his value is going to be as high as it's going to be right now. That people know the Dodgers, you know, they have they have an extra catcher, which is someone to get hurt, and it's a good thing to have. But I, I think I trade from a strength right there if I'm LA. Matt Weeders and Francisco Mejia agree with you on that. Oof, that's rough. And and the thing, Francisco Mejia just it just didn't happen. No, no, it's I kinda, just picked it's him up and trying to happen, but, but yeah, yeah. And Matt Waiters just never really happened either. No, not to the way we expected. I mean, sometimes you had a late career renaissance like uh, Yachty, but for the most part, you know, it's just hard. There's so many things, you know, obstacles in your way about yep. being as a catcher trying to achieve that. It's really difficult. Yeah, and it's just you. I mean, and you're just taking foul tips all the time. There's just so many different reasons that it, it's tough. So, yep. two more guys I want to ask you about before we get out of here. Um, Glaber Torres has been talked about a lot. The the home run, uh, the home run, uh, the lack of home runs has been a big thing. He has he's up to six now. I think he had three at the also break. He has three since, but Glaber still is tenth base today, kind of out of nowhere. I've been surprised by that, but he's hitting two forty six. He has three hundred fifty three play appearances. He only has thirty runs, which is seems impossible to do in the Yankees lineup. We thought about, you told me 30 runs, Glaber Torres had 30 runs, but and it wasn't hurt on July 25th, in the Yankees lineup. I would have, could not have figured out how that was possible. Uh, it's weird though. You look at him and like, we, we talk about that, you know, he just beats up the Orioles and they boost his numbers. Yep. He's never had a hard hit rate over 40%. He's down to 35% this year. Uh, Bail rates under 7%. It's hard to hit a ton of home runs when your bet, your fly balls go down and your hard hit rate is just kind of man league average. Yeah, uh, something, something, Victor Robles. I don't know, but uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to take any Victor Robles victory laps. Today. No, I know, I hear you. But uh, in in the last twenty one days, he's had half of his six homers. Uh, yep. He's got an eight twenty three OPS last week. It was a thousand twenty five heading into today. I didn't get uh, today's you, stats in that, but he, he was two for it. Do you think he's coming around? A little bit, I do. 
I feel like he is at least. Maybe I've seen. I've just maybe it's just I've seen him more up there. I've seen the you know and see that he just kind of feels like he has to at some point, right? Like I mean, I know that the Orioles thing and all that, but he had thirty eight home runs in twenty nineteen. I know is he was probably a prime happy fun ball guy, um, but uh, I just. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. I mean, you look at his hard hit rates. He doesn't hit the ball as hard as all these other slugger guys that we David taken that in that range uh, in ADP. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I don't know. I mean, dynasty wise, I think it might be a buying window a little bit, but I I think it's a buying window to a level that we didn't expect. Like you know, he's never going to be Xander. He's never going to be Seager in the peak of his powers. He's going to be that next tier down. Yeah, I think that's true. I think if you can get him in dynasty, where the guy whoever you're training with is really wants to get rid of him, but I'm not. I'm not like paying full price hoping 2019 is coming back because I don't think it ever does. No, I think you're probably right about that. Last guy I want to ask you about, uh, Ryan Presley in Houston has very quietly been been awesome. The Astros win a lot of games 107 to 3, so he doesn't get a lot of saves, but <laughs> he has 18 saves. Uh, he's got an 18th save on Sunday, 1.5 ERA in 42 innings, uh, 34% K rate, huge K number, uh, four and a half walk rate. You love a guy that has a bunch of Ks and also doesn't walk. He's 57 to 54 to 7 uh, K to walk right now, which is just an absurd number. Uh, really impressive there. Slider riff rates 44%. Curveball with base 35%. It's a guy that never, you know, quote unquote, done the job before this year. And he talked about like, throw me where you want. It's fine. And they have pretty much used him like a traditional closer a couple times here and there, but he's pretty much been a closer guy. Um, if you're drafting right now, is he the third closer off the board come for next year? If everything kind of stays the same behind Hendricks and Hayter? Uh, probably even maybe even equal with Hendricks. I don't know. Uh, Hendricks is really darn good at the two inning save today, but. Oh, yeah, actually, probably Hendricks is above him. I mean, 0.73 whip. I just saw that. Wow. Okay. Uh, never mind. Uh, yeah, and so, a, yeah. And a, and a 42% strikeout rate. Yeah, these are good things. Yeah. And I a, mean, and a 3% walk rate. We talk about, we talk about uh, Presley. Uh, Hendricks is 67 to 5K to walk. Yeah. I want to know. I think the more interesting question is where's Kimbrell on that list for you? Oh, man. That's tough. Uh, I guess he's got a 0.67 no, whip. He's been awesome. He's been, he's been just absolutely awesome. I don't, I don't have him anywhere. So it's been, but he's been, I mean, he's been great. I, maybe it depends where he ends up, but I think anywhere he ends up, he's obviously going to close and he's only going to close. He's only going to go for a good team if he gets traded because the only good teams can make trades. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still a little bit wary of, you know, the walk stuff in the past, but he's, He's blown out of water this year. I mean, the, the strikeout rate's 46.5%. I mean, that's yeah. that's off the charts. And he's cut the walk rate. Squawk rate's still 9%. He's cut it in half, though. That's a pretty big chunk. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have him in the Hendricks hater, hater range quite yet. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And going back to your question on Presley, because that's what – I mean, he was the gateway to this. I mean, he's had a sub-120 whip for five years. He's been at you – know, no, that's not true. Last year was 133. I, I, missed, I saw that wrong. Uh, and I, I – actually, now that I think about it, he was struggling in the playoffs pretty badly. Uh, he did. And, and we talked you know, about that in preseason, like, is, you know, is that going to carry over? And it clearly hasn't. Yeah. But then again, you look at 2019, he was amazing. 2018, he was amazing. Yep. I, I think three out of four really amazing years. Yeah. I think he passes the test for me and he's older, which actually kind of skews in his favor as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and if we if we had thought about you know can he throw the ninth inning, I think he's cleared that up pretty uh, pretty well this year. Um, yep. do you think What do you think Houston does at the deadline? Do you think they add a bullpen piece? I mean, Christian Javier is kind of their you know bridge guy to get to press the multi innings, but it feels like maybe they need maybe you need a setup guy in there. But I don't know. Yep. They're just they're so stacked. But I think that'd be maybe the one thing they need. Andrew Chafin to the Astros. I, I think that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I I think yeah, you that's if there's a weakness on this team, it's getting games to Presley. Yeah, 
And it's uh, I'm looking at their bullpen right now, and you're right. It's uh, uh, probably a lefty too. I mean, Blake Taylor's in there, but um, Ryan Stanek. But yeah, probably a, a really good. Andrew Chafin's a pretty good name right there. Yep. I'm guessing they won't trade for Mike Fires, huh? Probably not. I'm re- I'm really trying to get something for Mike Fires. I, I would love to just have a camera and or a trash can in the room can when that happens. But oh my gosh, uh, that would be amazing. Do you think we see any shocking big name get traded this week? Yeah, I don't know who it is, but there will be one seller that's, that we that's didn't why see it's coming. Yeah, I think the seller you're not seeing coming is probably the probably the big thing. Do you think uh, you think the A's do anything big? I don't think they do. No, I think our respective teams, uh, our collective teams, do nothing uh, and like it. They do something really small, like. They each get like a reliever or something like that, but it's not like a, the one of the front of the line guys. It's someone that was easily had. Seattle sure seems spicy. There's there's like Jose Ramirez rumors. There's Whit Merrifield rumors. It seems like they uh, they may want to just go all in, which I think would be kind of fun. Yeah, I've heard some Whit Merrifield rumors. I think the Giants should trade for him. Uh, I think that oh, I think man, there's a lot he, of teams. Man, he's a good fit there. Yeah, uh, I I mean. Whit Merrifield's a solid hey, he's ball. a he's a he's a good fit anywhere, but like to lead yeah. off and play second base for them would be a, just a perfect fit. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. All right, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else that's on your mind uh, this Sunday night? No, I think we did. Uh, we did our job here. I think we did well. I think we kind of hit it all too. So thanks everybody for listening more than anything. Thanks everybody for watching. If you happen to be watching us live also or watching us uh, later on YouTube, etc. We appreciate that. We thank WinBet for their sponsorship. Again, that's W-Y-N-N-Bet. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. Jenstead's J-E-N-S-T-A-D. We're always talking about baseball or some random Olympic stuff or basketball or something on there. And that's uh, luckily the basketball is on at five in the morning, so I can't complain about it, which is probably everybody's happy about. Um, come on, really? Kevin Durant missing open threes, take leads with 30 seconds left? I just I can't believe that happened. But I didn't even watch a second of it. To be honest with you, they were they're up, they up seven with three minutes left. Oh, ouch. France went on a nine zero run, and they had they were down two, and uh, Zach Levine missed a kind of contested three. They got offensive rebound out to Durant for a wide open three short. Then Lillard got the rebound, kicked it to Drew, Drew Holiday, wide open corner three, and in and out and missed. And they were the game was over then. But uh, I think they play Iran next, and then someone else they're going to beat so they'll make it to the middle round. But it's uh, I don't know, it's uh, it's rough. They don't they don't they're not playing very well together. I think the no fan thing affects a lot of favorites all across the board. Uh, I think that's a really good, uh, a really good point. I think that's true. You watch, it's weird. Like you watch like beach volleyball and you see these facilities like they just built for this and there's no fans there. It's just, it sucks. It's eerie. It's beach really volleyball eerie. Is one of those things that, like they always had like music playing and fans going. It was like a really fun thing to watch. And I find it kind of dull. It's one of those things that like really gets dulled down without the fans in there. And I, I'm dreading what track and how, what track and field is going to feel like with that. Yeah. Fans. That's true too, but it's uh, it's why it's. Uh, are you a big Olympic person? I love the Olympics. I, I hate the coverage of the Olympics, but I love the Olympics themselves. Uh, Aaron and I, and and Kim and I, uh, we've all of us actually have been getting into it. Aaron's really gotten into it. She's recorded everything, fast forwarding through commercials, and oh, nice. you know, and all I, that. I, I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. Was it's, she was she heartbroken about the uh, soccer loss? 
No, because she got spoiled about it. But the, and the thing is, at least uh, they're not eliminated. You know, yeah, they're probably true. still going to go on to the you know the playing round, so they can they can redeem themselves. But they yeah. played horribly, by the way. Um, yeah, that was I I, I I woke up and I was like, oh my god! Not only lost, but they lost three nothing. They hadn't lost in what two years or whatever it was. And it wasn't like a fluke. It wasn't a ref induced loss where okay, they got you know two horrible PKs called against them or something like that. No, right. Sweden outplayed us. Period. Yeah. And yeah, so that made, I think that, that in a way happen, made it easier long, to pallet, you know. Yeah. That hasn't happened in a long time though. They do not, they do not get beat very often. Negative. The men's team is not even in it, right? Correct. And that's a source of angst. If you're a U.S. Sure. soccer fan at all. No doubt. That's, that, that's rough. So anyway, uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you could please rate over the podcast, that'd be great. Also anyway, I hope everybody has a great, uh, great week. Hope uh, you make some runs in your leagues. We're hoping to do that ourselves and I uh, will be back at you next Sunday. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.